What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we'll give you our winners and losers from SEC Week 6. Carson Beck, Jermaine Burton, Jade Daniels, all in our impressed group. But who depressed? We'll run through it all, and we'll get you caught up on the latest top 25 polls and how many SEC teams find themselves ranked after six weeks. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. All right, we're going to jump right into it. It's easy to just run through box scores and tell you who won and who lost, but it takes a little bit more work to run through our winners and our losers from week six. Who are the real winners? Now, keep in mind, sometimes there's a winner from a game and a losing effort. Sometimes there's a guy who's a loser in a winning effort. So it all kind of jumbles up, but let's dive into it. Let's get to our winners of the weekend for SEC Week 6. And we're going to start first things first with the guy who was my Dark Horse Heisman candidate for this season, Carson Beck. And he's starting to finally live up to the hype and play like I kind of thought he was going to look like. And for that sake, the 2023 Georgia Bulldogs finally starting to play like we all expected. 51 points, over 600 yards of offense. And how about Carson Beck, a guy who, like we said, has been criticized in recent weeks. Some people say, no, he's just not Stetson Bennett. Beck goes 28 for 35, 389 yards, four touchdowns. Still did have a pick early in the second half, but a near-perfect game from Beck. And uh, he now has Georgia undefeated at 6-0, 3-0 in the conference, 18-86 passing yards with 11 touchdowns, three picks. Beck is now second in the SEC in total passing yards, only behind Jaden Daniels. He's second in the SEC in completion percentage at 73%. He's also the least sacked quarterback in the SEC, only been sacked three times. And he began this game ranked ninth nationally in passing yards per game at 299. He's now ranked eighth at 314 a game. That is, uh, He's also fourth in the country in total passing yards as Georgia extends their win streak to 23 straight games. They are the SEC's lone unbeaten team now. Georgia has won 14 in a row over Kentucky, and they have victories in 33 consecutive regular season games. That is a streak that started November 21st, 2020 against Mississippi State. We're going to throw in another impress from this game. I'm putting Brock Bowers on here. Look, he's a winner just about every week. And Beck's tight end, Brock Bowers, has just been outstanding. Seven catches this week for 132 yards and a touchdown. Brock Bowers led all pass catchers in this game. That is now three straight 100-yard receiving games for Bowers. He continues to be the leading receiving tight end in the country. And he's now sixth in the SEC in total receiving yards at 545 with four receiving touchdowns. Made a little history this week passing A.J. Green with his 24th receiving uh, career receiving touchdown. That's second most in all-time Georgia history. He needs six more receiving touchdowns to tie Terrence Edwards for most career receiving touchdowns in Georgia history. Shout-out to Sanford Stadium. They hosted their first SEC night game 
since the 2021 league opener against South Carolina. They don't get night games very often there, uh, but the crowd announces 92,746. So shout out to the Georgia faithful. Maybe they'll be a little less, little less nitpicky after uh, Carson Beck and the offense has that kind of showing. Defense was lights out. We'll get to them a little bit later, but uh, shout out to Georgia. Looking very much like Georgia. How about Bama? Looking very much like Bama. Jermaine Burton is our next winner of the week. I've been saying the last two seasons, where is that Alabama alpha dog receiver? Well, Jermaine Burton might be that guy as he had his best game in an Alabama uniform this week with a team high nine catches for 197 yards and two touchdowns in Bama's 26-20 win over Texas A&M in College Station. We should mention Jalen Milrow. Had his best passing game at Alabama, his first 300-yard passing day. But Jermaine Burton was his go-to target. And Burton, of course, spent the first two seasons at Georgia before playing these last two seasons at, seasons at Alabama. Just his third 100-yard receiving day of his career, his first of this season, and he nearly got to 200 yards. He was just a hair shy of it. A career day for Jermaine Burton, who had just two catches over two weeks while battling a right foot injury. He matched his single best single game output since that Mississippi State game at Georgia back in 2020. He currently ranks second on the team with 17 catches and leads them in receiving yards, receiving touchdowns, and average yards per completion. Jermaine Burton, he now ranks 14th in the conference in receiving yards. He's ahead of guys now like Trey Harris, Theo Weiss, Tavian Robinson, Squirrel White. So, see, can Jermaine Burton continue to do this and be that go-to target for Jalen Milrow? Next up for Alabama, a home game against struggling Arkansas before they get a few big home games against uh, top 25 teams in Tennessee and LSU. So some big ones coming up. Our next uh, winner of the weekend, how about Jaden Daniels? As bad as LSU's defense has played this season, their offense has been on another level, and that is thanks to the play of Jaden Daniels, who led LSU from behind for a 49-39 road win at Mizzou. Daniels was 15 for 21 for 259 yards, three passing touchdowns, no picks, and 15 rushes for 130 rushing yards and a couple of rushing scores. He had a 35-yard run, a 31-yard run, a 27-yard run. Mizzou just had no answer for the QB runs from Jaden Daniels. And a week after the LSU offense went for 630 yards of offense at Ole Miss, they had 533 total yards in this win over Mizzou. Uh, Daniels' pass catchers continue to eat. Malik Neighbors had six catches for 146 yards and a score. Brian Thomas also had a touchdown. And Jane Daniels leads the SEC in passing yards, just 31 yards shy of the 2,000 mark. He has 19 passing touchdowns, far and away the most in the conference. He also now has 422 rushing yards with four rushing scores. He is seventh in the SEC in total rushing yards. He's ahead of starting running backs or, or running backs in the SEC like Trevor Etienne, Jace McClellan, Montrell Johnson, Dejon Edwards. Uh, Jaden Daniels is third in the entire country in total passing yards. He's only behind Shador Sanders and Michael Penix. Daniels is second in the country in total touchdowns with 23, behind only the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, who has accounted for 28 touchdowns. And one interesting note here. It was ironic on the LSU-Mizzou game, RG3 was doing the broadcast, and I know a lot of people don't like his puns and all that, but not getting into that. Uh, RG3 said early in this broadcast, of course Jaden Daniels is out of the Heisman conversation because he already has two early season losses. 
Ironically, RG3, the year he won the Heisman, his team at Baylor started 4-2. LSU is also 4-2 at this point in the year. Baylor and RG3 went on to finish that year 10-3, but RG3's numbers were so incredible, he won the Heisman. The question is, if Jaden Daniels goes 6-1 and one down the stretch, and they finish 10-3, much like RG3 and Baylor did, could Jaden Daniels at least find himself in the Heisman conversation? I get it. There's going to be teams with better records. They were teams with better records that year at Baylor. But RG3 was so electric and dynamic, and his defense stunk, that they respected him enough to say, this is the Heisman winner. I just think Jaden Daniels should be in the conversation. I get it. LSU's got two losses already. Still have a chance to win the SEC West. They're going to have that game against Alabama and Tuscaloosa in a couple weeks. But, um, yeah, I just think Jaden Daniels is putting on an electric display. Don't blame him for his defense being not great. Our next winner of the weekend, the Ole Miss defense. We had heard Ole Miss's defense was much improved this year under new D.C. Pete Golding, and we saw him do a really good job the first few weeks. They even limited Alabama and Tuscaloosa in week four. But a week ago, they gave up a ton of yards and points to LSU, but still found a way to win. Well, this week, taking on struggling Arkansas, the Ole Miss defense played very well. They held the Razorbacks to just 286 yards, only 36 rushing yards on the day. They picked off K.J. Jefferson twice. John Saunders coming up with the game-sealing interception in the final two minutes, and the Rebels won 27-20. In a game that's been close the last handful of years, this one didn't disappoint. It was the Ole Miss offense that needed to rally late to come up with the victory. But credit the Ole Miss defense. Like we said, with the two interceptions, they sacked K.J. Jefferson five times. Jared Ivey with his second sack of the season. J.J. Pegues with his second sack. And now the Rebels go into their bye week at 5-1. and one. They will get a road trip to Auburn out of the bye. Then a home game against Vandy and a home game versus A&M. Is there a chance the Rebels could be 8-1 and one before they go to Georgia on November 11th? We will see how Lane Kiffin's group looks when they come out of that bye. And our last winner of the weekend, I've got Graham Mertz, the Florida quarterback, just a week after going 25-30 for 30 in the loss to Kentucky. Mertz had his best game in a Florida uniform, going 30-36, for 36, 254 passing yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers, and that's now back-to-back weeks. Graham Mertz has completed 83% of his passes. He's completing 80% of his passes on the season. That's the best in the SEC. And Graham Mertz found a new target this week. Became his go-to target in freshman tight end Arliss Boardingham. He had seven uh, catches for 99 yards and two touchdowns. Also got to show some love to the run game. Montrell Johnson, he was carrying the load in the backfield. Trevor Etienne missing this game. Trayon Webb also had four carries for 70 yards. And now a Florida team who, remember Vegas's win total was five and a half for them over the summer. Some of them had them at six. But Florida now four and two on the year. But the road, it gets really tough for here from here for the uh, Florida Gators. Next up, they go at South Carolina, then to Jacksonville for, the, for number one Georgia. And then they get a beatable Arkansas team in the swamp. But then after that, you're at LSU, you're at Mizzou, and then home versus a top five uh, Florida State team that, can the Gators find two more wins on that schedule? That will get them bowl, uh, to a bowl game. Uh, that, to me, is the question. I know Florida fans may have higher expectations than that. And, and look, you're 4-2. I think you're, you're in a good spot. But uh, to me, you got to win that game at South Carolina. Georgia, I don't think, is winnable. Arkansas is very winnable. At LSU, again, can you outscore them? 
at Mizzou. We'll see how Mizzou responds out of this when their offense had been good. And then Florida State, going to be really tough. They're a really good team. We will see in the coming weeks. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll get to who depressed this week in the conference. That's coming your way in just a sec. First, want to remind you guys, this episode is presented to you by friends over at Athletic Brewing Company, and we bring you your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company, much like Carson Beck, who was near perfect in Georgia's dominant win over Kentucky. He completely changed the game, and Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Their brews are great tasting, award-winning. They beat out full-strength Beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden Sours, and more. They are fit for all times, whether you're watching a big game or uh, working out or whatever it is. No hangovers ever. And you can find Athletic Brewing Company uh, in stores, online, and at bars across the country. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the U.S. So get on board now. Go check them out uh, at their website, uh, athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON. That'll get you 15% off your first online order. That is L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Going along here, Locked On SEC. Want to remind you guys every Friday throughout college football season, Locked On College Football Kickoff Live is taking you for a full hour leading up to the weekend at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, previewing all the big storylines and games of the weekend with all, all of our great Locked On College analysts and hosts. Check it out wherever uh, you find your Locked On favorite Locked On College show on YouTube. Of course, we have it for you right here on our Locked On SEC channel. All right. Let's dive into what we did. Who are our winners of the weekend? Uh, who impressed us most? Now it's time to get to who depressed. We don't like to say the word loser because it has a negative connotation, but we have some people who depressed this week, and we got to start with Texas A&M's offensive line. Look, I thought I thought the Aggie O-line did a pretty good job in the first half. Max Johnson had some time to throw. The Aggies had a 17-10 halftime lead over Alabama. But Nick Saban, Kevin Steele, and that Alabama defense, they made some halftime adjustments. And in the second half, Max Johnson was constantly under under pressure, barely any time to throw. And the Alabama defense forced him into an interception, two punts, a safety, held him to two field goals, and Bama sacked Max Johnson five times in this game. Dallas Turner had a sack. Chris Braswell, Justin Aboigby. Uh, Caleb Downs had the interception. The Aggies were held to just... 67 rushing yards on 35 attempts. That's under two yards a carry. Bama just really got after AM's offensive line like they were tinfoil. Uh, the, the O-line had been playing much better in recent weeks, but they got pushed around by Alabama's defensive front. Blitzes coming from all over. And I thought Jimbo deserved a lot of blame for this loss as well. Conservative play calling, settling for punts and field goals when he could have been more aggressive. Just zero offensive rhythm in the second half and it seemed Alabama made all the adjustments at halftime AM's offense did not now credit the Aggie defense they did what they could uh but again Jermaine Burton having the ridiculous day now the Aggies how do you respond from this because you had the early season loss to Miami and now you suffer your first conference loss 
Now you have to go face a much improved Tennessee Vols defense in their next game. How does AM respond? We will see here very, very soon. Another depressed of the weekend. I've got Kentucky's offense. Looking at a game that was being hyped as one of the more exciting matchups between two previously undefeated teams. Kentucky delivered a big fat dud in their 51-13 loss at Georgia. Kentucky's defense was awful. Georgia rolled up 600 yards of offense. But I want to focus on the Kentucky offense here because Georgia goes down and scores on the first drive of the game. I'm thinking, okay, maybe Kentucky can make this a shootout. they got all these great offensive weapons, Ray Davis, Devin Leary, but the Cats could only total 183 total yards of offense as they were just 2 for 11 on third downs, only had 12 first downs on the game compared to Georgia's 33. Devin Leary, he completed just 10 passes on the day. His receivers, they had some big drops, stalled out drives. Ray Davis, the SEC's leading rusher, fresh off his 280-yard rushing day against Florida. He could only muster 59 yards on 15 carries. His longest run was just 11 yards. And this just felt like Kentucky ran into a freight train. I mean, all the criticism on Georgia the first few weeks, hey, they're not dominant. This was a week where Georgia looked like we, we all thought they were supposed to look this season. And if you're Kentucky, look, you got to chuck this one up as one loss. You're still 5-1. and one. This week, you will host Mizzou. You need to flush this one, refocus on getting back in the win column. The Cats still have a pretty tough schedule. Home visits from Tennessee and Alabama still to come and a road trip to end the season at currently undefeated Louisville. So a lot of tough games still for Mark Stoops' crew. Let's see how they respond with their first loss. Speaking of responding after your first loss, Mizzou. I got Mizzou's defense as a deep rest of the week. Overall, Mizzou's defense had played pretty well this season. They had not given up 30 points in any game this season. They were holding opponents to just 20 points per game. And then came LSU, who got them for 49 points. It was a 49-39 loss for Mizzou. Now, one of those scores for LSU was a pick six. Uh, Brady Cook, who broke the SEC record for most pass attempts without an interception. LSU's defense that struggled all this season. They had not one but two picks off Brady Cook. But it was the Mizzou defense that really just struggled to slow down that LSU, that potent LSU offense. Uh, LSU was 6-for-12 on third downs. They racked up 530 yards of offense, six offensive touchdowns. They did have two sacks, but they just didn't have much of an answer for Jaden Daniels when he ran the football. Daniels gashed Mizzou for almost nine rushing yards per attempt. Logan Diggs, he also had 134 rushing yards on the ground. A lot of missed tackles, a lot of big holes in the middle of that secondary. And D.C. Blake Baker, he will have a lot of film to review with his guys as they get ready next for a road trip at Kentucky this Saturday. Mizzou falls to 5-1. Again, uh, Mizzou and Kentucky, somebody's going to find themselves, after having been undefeated coming into this past weekend, somebody's going to come out with two straight losses because they'll face each other this week. All right, another deep press of the weekend. I got Rocket Sanders and K.J. Jefferson. I'm going to put them together. And I know he's not healthy. Rocket Sanders, he was one of the most electric running backs last season, not just in the SEC, but in the country. Remember, he was on the preseason All-American list on tons of those, uh, all those different lists in the offseason. And Rocket Sanders in his second game since coming back from injury and the loss to Ole Miss had just eight carries for 15 yards. He did have three catches for 26 But on the season now, Rocket Sanders, 34 rush attempts for 91 yards. Week one last year against Cincinnati, he went over 100 rushing yards. 
He had more rushing yards last year in week one than he's had all this season. Again, I know health is a big part of it, but just very disappointing for a guy that was second in the SEC in rushing a year ago, and now he's not even in the top 25 in rushing in the SEC. And like we talked about, a disappointing season so far for K.J. Jefferson. I thought him being a senior with a new O.C. and Dan Enos would see a much more productive K.J., but it's not been great. He's completing 67% of his passes, 1,300 passing yards, 12 touchdowns to six interceptions, only has one rushing TD on the season, and he's averaging less than two yards per rush attempt. And now Arkansas, they are two and four, and they face the unenviable task of going to Tuscaloosa this weekend to face Alabama. Another deep press of the weekend. I'm sure none of you really watched this game unless you're a diehard Mississippi State fan, but I'm putting Mississippi State's defense in here. The Bulldog defense continues to struggle under first-year D.C. Matt Brock. It was the fourth time this season that State has given up 400 yards or more, and this one came against a MAC team playing its third-string running back, Mississippi State gave up more than 400 yards to the Broncos, who were short two O-linemen. Their quarterback was out, and their starting running back were out. Third-string quarterback Hayden Wolf torched them for 262 yards, three touchdowns, did throw a pick. The Broncos were three for six on fourth downs. They had 21 first downs. A little bit of a hat tip to Boogie, Boogie Watson. He had two sacks in this one. Sean Preston had a pick, but Mississippi State, despite their struggles, they were a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. They won 41-28, to 28, so they did not cover. Uh, Western Michigan's lone wins on the season came against Ball State and something called St. Francis. So Mississippi State's bye week comes at a good time. Will Rogers, he threw three touchdown passes in this one, but left with an injury, appeared to be dragging his left arm, favoring his shoulder. Uh, they also lost uh, Woody Marks, the uh, running back, in the first half. Zach Arnett said after the game, no update on either of those guys. So they'll be reevaluated during the bye week, but certainly something to watch on Will Rogers and Woody Marks. Will either of those guys miss any significant time? And our last deep press of the weekend, I'm putting Vanderbilt's defense in here. Look, Vandy's going through it. They were missing quarterback A.J. Swan for a second straight week. Uh, Ken Seals got the start. He was decent, but the Vanderbilt defense has just really struggled uh, here since they got into conference play. Florida racked up Almost 500 yards on them, including 215 on the ground. They had 25 first downs. And the last five weeks, Vandy's defense has given up the following point totals. 36, 40, 45, 38, and 38. They ranked dead last in the SEC, allowing 34 points a game. That is 14th worst in all of college football, almost near the bottom. And Clark Lee is now 2-17 and 17 in SEC play in his three seasons there. And now after starting 2-0, Vandy has lost five in a row. And next up, it's number one Georgia, who looks to be as good as they've been all year. Auburn and South Carolina may be Vandy's only remote chances at a conference win in the remaining schedule. So tough go for Vandy. Continues to get tougher. All right, thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, we'll get to the latest polls and tell you where the SEC teams rank in that. First, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Look, guys, passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you're always going to find exactly what you're looking for because they got the eBay guaranteed fit as well. 
your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it is easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guarantee fit, only available to U.S. customers. eBay Motors. Roll along here, locked on SEC. And as we dive back into it, look, week six, we had a lot of questions uh, going into this week on who's good, who's not. And before we get to the two polls that matter, I did want to run through ESPN's latest power rankings. Uh, they had seven teams, uh, but the order and the teams have changed. So Texas A&M, they fell out of ESPN's power rankings this week with the loss to Alabama at home. They had Georgia 1, Alabama 11, Ole Miss 15, Tennessee 18, Kentucky 23, LSU 24, Missouri 25. So let's take a look at the actual polls for this week. In the AP poll, six SEC teams ranked. It was Georgia holding firm at first, number one overall. They ain't got to go down to Alabama at number 11. Ole Miss went up a few spots up to number 13. Tennessee moved up to 19. LSU up one spot to number 22. And Kentucky fell down to 24. Missouri and AM both on the outside of the AP poll rankings. In the coaches poll, they had seven SEC teams. AP poll had six. Coaches poll had seven SEC teams ranked. Georgia still at number one overall. Alabama coming in 10th there. So they got two uh, SEC teams in the top 10 in the coaches. Ole Miss was 13th. Tennessee 17th. LSU at 20. Kentucky 23 and Mizzou, despite the home loss to LSU, they sneak in at number 25 in the coaches poll. Both AM and Florida were in the others receiving votes category for the uh, coaches polls. So, um, again, take that for what you will. It's not the end all be all. But some other SEC news SEC Nation is headed to Rocky Top, the SEC Network's traveling pregame show. We'll be in Knoxville for the Tennessee and AM football game this Saturday. Laura Rutledge will host SEC Nation along with uh, Paul Feinbaum, Roman Harper, Jordan Rogers, and Tim Tebow. Of course, Marty and McGee will precede them. And uh, this is a this is a game where both teams really need a win in a bad way. Tennessee, they're 4-1 overall, but just 1-1 in the SEC with the loss to Florida. And AM, they are 4-2. The non-conference loss to Miami and their first SEC loss to Alabama. So, they don't want to drop to two and two in the SEC, and four and three overall would be a tough start for the Aggies. So a big, big one in Knoxville this Saturday, three thirty Eastern, going to air on CBS, and uh, we'll see. That is a massive, massive game for both sides, and that is the latest going on around the conference. Thank you guys for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Come, uh, remember to come on back tomorrow. We'll be recapping all the. News from the uh, press conferences on Monday. Get you caught up with all the latest news you need to know happening around the SEC. What would you think of our winners or losers? If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to comment on the uh, little comment tab and let us know if you think we left somebody off from the uh, impressed or depressed list this week. And, uh, again, we'll be back tomorrow for an all-new edition of Locked on SEC. I'm Chris Gordy. Again, talk to you guys tomorrow. Shout-out to our everydayers. Keep on coming back and checking us out. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.